footy's back. This weekend sees week one of the NAB preseason challenge with the Crows taking on the Roos at our rural stronghold of Port Lincoln. How will the Crows line up? Will our new game plan be on show? Who takes carriage? News, views and our special Kangaroos board guest with Peter J, Nicky New, Red Mist, WFL and Phoenix. This is Crowcast. Everybody, everybody, let's get into it. Get stoned, get it started, get it started. Everybody, this is the Adelaide Big Footy Board uh, podcast, and it's our uh, very, very first podcast for the season. Um, my name is Peter J. That's my username, anyway. And um, just presenting tonight, uh, in the absence of Specious Argument, who is unfortunately on a little bit of a uh, bit of a sickie, so he hasn't been able to join us. Um, first show of the season. We're hoping to be able to bring this to you every uh, week, and um, if you're uh, happy with the the work that we do, um, and uh, we'll give a bit of a review of games, preview of games, and also have a, um, an interview from an opposition board member. Um, obviously, tonight we'll be looking at the Kangaroos game and um, we'll be uh, joined by Spitter to Azza, who will give us his thoughts on how the Kangaroos will shape up on Sunday. So tonight with us, uh, we've got WFL, Nikki New, Phoenix 67, Red Mist. How are you tonight, guys? Pretty good. We're quite good, except I'm trying to stop a cat from jumping and getting a moth on the ceiling. Nikki, um, uh Terrific to have you with us because uh, you bring so much credibility to this and your knowledge that you have of the uh, particular the Asada stuff. I know that um, uh, a while back there I engaged with you and thought to myself, you know what, this is someone knows a lot more than you do. The safest thing to do is just to log off and get the hell out of there, which I did. I don't mean to scare people away. No, it's absolutely, absolutely terrific. And uh, Red Mist WFL, how are you guys? Yeah, I'm great, thanks. Uh, ready and raring to go. Absolutely sensational. Kids in bed and the four-legged kid in bed. And last of all, Phoenix, he's done a fantastic job of pulling this all together. Phoenix, how are you tonight? Yeah, I'm pretty good. All set to go here and hopefully we pull off something that people are going to enjoy. Here, here. Beautiful. All right, guys. Well, I think what we'll do is uh, if we uh, push on into the first segment that we're going to have, we're going to try and um, uh, name this uh, Nikki's News for uh, the year and hopefully as the weeks go by, um, Nikki will be able to uh, give us a little bit of news about you know things that have been going on and not specifically Adelaide-based, but can um, give us uh, a bit of information. Well, the obvious one is Essendon, but there's a lot going on there. So I thought I'd start with the, the shorter and easier one that's really hit the news lately, which is Carmichael Hunt being arrested for cocaine trafficking. Now, of course, he was a former Suns player, and a lot of people are wondering whether the Suns are possibly going to get charges because a lot of the Gold Coast Titans players have been charged um, by the Queensland um, Crime Commission. But the Suns today released a statement to say that they'd met with all their players, they'd had a chat and allowed them a confidential to come forward and they've stated that none of their players, as they are aware, have been involved in um, Carmichael and cocaine. Just... Extraordinary stories um, this year, I reckon, Nikki. It's just unbelievable um, that uh, that this has been uncovered. And you would have to think that his involvement at the Gold Coast Suns, where I read the, um, um, I think some of the particulars of the charge relate to conduct um, around about midway through last year. So 
it would be naive in the extreme for the AFL to think that uh, he wasn't involved in some kind of uh, in the uh, the Sun setup. Or do you think that's a bit uh, too much of an assumption? Well, considering Gillan McLaughlin apparently spent the weekend up in Brisbane, I think there might be something to it. He took in a young lad called uh, Benel as well, didn't he, during the uh, season last year? Yeah, I think I heard some, something about that, that he was mentoring him, but I hope he wasn't mentoring him in that way. Absolutely. Uh, on tipping, target testing going on uh, up around the Gold Coast way, what do you think? Definitely. The problem is we won't find anything about it because of the AFL's uh, recreation drug code. They'll make sure that's kept very in-house, but I suspect that the rumours will abound quite strongly for a very long time. Where there's smoke, there's fire, eh? And speaking of where a club is not going to be able to get rid of a certain label for a very long time, <laughs> Essendon. Do you guys have anything that you're a bit confused about that you want me to, if I know, to, um, or just to give a little quick recap on where I think everything is at the moment? Definitely the backdating scenario. I'm really confused about that. Yeah, look, it would be fantastic. Uh, Nikki, if you could just give us... I think all of us, too, would uh, uh, particularly like to know how it's going to end up for the uh, for the power players as well. Um, they've got a couple of guys there, obviously. So, But generally speaking, I think that um, there's a lot of misinformation out there and it would be brilliant if you could just give us a little bit of a rundown. OK, the, the backdating, I think, is the one that confuses people the most. Um, where it comes from is that when they are served with um, an inf- the infraction notice, they are served from if anything is if they are found guilty it is backdated to that date so for the Essendon players for most of them it's the 13th of November if Watson and Fletcher have been um, given them then theirs is actually going to be a couple of days later because they elected to play as part of the international rules series but that's only about two or three days afterwards if they get found guilty I, I think it's going to be at least a year they can't get any backdating or reduction on penalties from what I can see um, because the first one where you get quite a, a big reduction is where there is absolutely no significant um, fault um, on the player's behalf, which basically means they were unconscious and they had no say. Now, we know they weren't unconscious because they signed cons- consent forms and they actually asked for these consent forms to be drafted. So they were completely aware that this program was going to happen. The other one where they can get a bit um, a reduction but not as much is to do with if they've provided some significant help. So that means they've pointed fingers at other people who were involved or said, yes, I saw this or um, I know that they gave them that on this date. I don't know whether that has occurred because we're getting absolutely no leaks, quite rightly, from the um, ASL Drug Tribunal. There was leaks on the very first day and then they kind of shut that down very quickly. The three judges involved were not happy and I think they explained it in no uncertain terms. So pretty much we're guessing as to what's happening. The only things we do know is that it took Asana about six days to do their opening statement. It took them, I think, about four days to do their closing statement and the closing statements from the AFL and Essendon were very short. They were a lot shorter than what they expected and they finished a day earlier. So currently where it's sitting is the judges are deliberating on whether they are guilty or not guilty. Now there's 34 players involved. 
the bulk of those are at Essendon. We also know that um, some are, well, there's two. There are two, of course, at the Western Bulldogs. There is a player in the WFL. Um, and also there's about, I think about two or three guys up in the Northern Territory League who are also possibly involved. We don't know the full names, and I think quite rightly we don't. They, they are allowed a privacy, um, but it is really hard for it to be done. I'm not so happy with the fact that I think it's just the Essendon players. Um, you don't hear anything from Essendon regarding the previous players that are no longer there that their right to privacy so I'm a little annoyed at Essendon regarding that that there there seems to be a double standard that they've got going on once um, if they are found guilty that doesn't mean we find out their penalty straight away there then needs to be another meeting that happens where they discuss what the penalty is going to be so that's another maybe week or so after um, any decision is made and then that's not the end of it because Asada and Wada, they kind of work a little bit in conjunction as far as I'm aware in this instance. If they don't agree with the penalty, they are allowed to protest it and take it to the Court of Arbitration and Sport or CAS as it's often referred to. But the players and the one support person who we know, they also have a right to protest. Can I just stop for a sec? Um... So go on about um, the top-up players and uh, maybe uh, talk about how much longer their contracts might end up being after the NAB Cup. Ah, the top-up players. We have no idea what's going on there. Um, it seems, though, that they're actually getting the bulk of their top-up players from their VFL team. Um, they only have about 10 or 12 of those available because their top-up players and their VFL team are exactly like the top-up players that the Crows have in the SNFL and Port have. They've got some. But the SNFL is very not happy with what's occurred, and they want and they are looking at um, that the SNFL also needs to be compensated um, regarding this. So I think there's still some discussions going on with that. As far as the players are aware, it's only for the NAB Cup, but if it does extend into the season, I think there may be some other discussions with the clubs as to exactly how that's going to take place. I think, Nikki, what we're all baying for is uh, you know, the issue of penalty and, and I think that most people, right-thinking people, um, or i.e. people that are not Essendon or Port people, uh, really want to see a, a fairly reasonable penalty handed down to these, um, to these guys. So I guess two, two questions. One, what are your thoughts as to the, what the penalty might be? And two, what is the potential for AFL interference? The AFL can try and interfere. It's not going to happen um, because of the way it's set up. We know that WADA were not happy with the NRL penalty. They did allow it to stand, but if anybody had read the um, press release that WADA sent, that they're accepting the, the six months, or the, no, it was actually 12 months backdated that they got and, um, and a few other little things to the NRL players. I've never quite read anything where you could feel how annoyed um, somebody was uh, it seemed to come through in that press release that WADA wasn't happy, but they were going to let it stand. Now, for the NRL one, was outside the club, and it was only for a couple of weeks. The Essendon one was 18 months' worth of a systemic within a club situation. So I would expect at least a year 
Um, I wouldn't be happy with anything less than that, which basically wipes them out for this year. It takes them from November to November. Right. Well, that's brilliant, Nikki. Um, you just give uh, a lot of, uh, as I said, a lot of credibility to what we're trying to do with the podcast, and your knowledge there is uh, is is first class. And hopefully, uh, the people listening to the uh, to the podcast will be um, get a little bit more clarification on on all of those issues. Um, any other news points you want to raise? I'm thinking we might uh, try and push along to have a little bit of a chat about the pre-season and um, our new coach, Kim Yong-Phil, how that's going. But, Nikki, anything more to add? No, I've mostly been lurking about the Essendon because so much has been happening over that. I haven't paid much attention to what's going on with any of the other clubs. All right, thanks, Nikki. And, um, all right, we might just move along and we will probably... Um, have some uh, a little bit of time before um, uh, I think it's Azza is the uh, Spitter or Azza or something like that from the Kangaroos board is going to join us. So I thought we might just have a little bit of a chat about the preseason. And uh, I know that um, uh, there's probably if we if we you know go too much into it, we'll just get to silence and uh, and cricket. Has anybody got any thoughts about how we've we've handled that? I, I think in the end, I mean we've poked a bit of fun at it, but I think in the end it's been a, a good thing. It's a good some cultural change at the club and that we've um, uh, really taken control of how we feed our information both to uh, to, to, to supporters and, and, and the outside generally. We seem to be getting um, engaged with quite a bit in terms of player interviews and, and the like and plenty of stuff going up on the website, photos and, and what have you, but in terms of actually uh, some solid information that we would ordinarily um, be getting at this time of the year, uh, it's of course been absolute dead silence. I think from my perspective it's been interesting to see how much of an impact the club's change in culture and the attitude towards press releases and media engagement has actually had an impact on the broader supporter base and also the, the media. Um, you can tell by a certain person's article in the paper just today, it was basically a massive dummy spit, um, which is quite amusing and shows that it's effective. I like as well the fact that the only real sort of leadership group players. We we heard from Tex just after the captain announcement, but the only other sort of top-line players in a way have been Talia and Thompson. We've heard more from the that second row and, and those up-and-coming ones, which I think is actually really good. Stuff in there, uh, the uh, the drafty diaries, and, and gave a lot of good information and some behind-the-scenes uh, footage. Um, so a lot of that stuff's been good, and it's, I guess it just um, furthers what I was saying about the information that has been released, it, you know, you certainly couldn't uh, accuse the club of, of not engaging with the supporter base. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the um, draft diaries as well with uh, Harris and Wig. It's refreshing, that's for sure, hearing from the young ones and how eloquent uh, our draftees are. Yeah, it was refreshing. I like the fact you got to um, what you saw a bit more about danger because a lot of people he's quite selfish and he's very self-centred but I've always known that he's very been very keen to mentor through like the younger players and, and everything else and to actually see that happening was actually quite nice and I, I think for a lot of the general fans who, who don't know about that that would be really eye-opening to them. Uh, was that the one with Big Lever coming back from the airport? Yeah there was that one and then there was a little bit extra I think um, you saw him as well. He's a bit of a favourite of mine. Soon to be off the rookie list, maybe. Um, my dad and I were watching Yes NFL games last year, halfway through. We just kind—we of, actually thought he might be elevated before the end of the year. 
uh, Otten's on long term, so it could be the case that they'll see how he goes uh, in the pre-season games and he might even get a spot early in the season. What's going to happen with Brent Riley? I mean, he's got to get himself back and right football as far away as possible for him. So there is the possibility that there's two spots there. Absolutely. Forgot about Brett there. I can't see um, Brent coming back. And quite frankly, it's, you know, it would almost be uncomfortable to watch him play um, this year, given the severity of the injury, which I don't even think we really got wind of how uh, severe it was. No, one thing I was really looking forward to was I thought he might have been pushed out and pushed more back in the SNFL because when he went back there towards the end of last year, watching him coaching on field and helping all those other younger players sort of help he was doing in the team towards the end of last year would really help us um, in the NFL team this year. Um, I thought he would probably spend a bit more time there and I was looking forward to that happening. Do we think the club will get uh, Sam Siggins, uh, or do we think the club has got Sam Siggins counselling for the unfortunate incident for Riley? Interestingly enough, there was never any information, um, and that's obviously consistent with how the club's been, there was never any information released as to who exactly it, it was. Now, we're working on the assumption because the great man himself, and I'm assuming it's man, we always do that, don't we, with the, with the usernames, it could be a woman, we're not sure, but the great man, I'll say, Campbell's Chunky, gave us the information, I think it was, uh, on Sam Siggins. Someone might correct me, but I'm pretty sure that's where we got it from. So we're going on what he said. Um, so um, if we assume that that's correct, then yes, it, it was Sam Siggins, but I guess we're not 100% sure. Yeah, as far as I'm aware, the, the club started, um, I think it was last year, we brought our welfare officer on full-time. I know um, from what Brent Riley's dad was saying that she'd done a lot of work with the family to help them and with Brent. So I'm presuming that she would have been working as well with Sam. Any other pre-season issues to uh, to have a chat about that uh, has it got anybody interested? I mean, I think we've probably um, we've covered our, we've got a few other injuries. I think we haven't heard much more of Sammy Jacobs. He had a, the uh, the the, uh, the knee issue, and then we had, of course, uh, Dave McKay had I think Hammy's Crouch Matt Crouch with some ankle problems. Um, I'm not sure uh, who else there was that, that may have got injured, but that seems to be about right. And I think Matt Crouch is. I understand okay for this weekend. Uh, Riley Knight. Yeah, Riley's still in the moon boot. Um, Sam Jacobs, the photos from today's training, you had Sam was actually was doing the ruck work, but the one photo I saw of Matt Crouch, he wasn't in any of the bids, so I think he was training off to the side still. Doesn't sound good then for, for the weekend, Nikki. No, I don't think he, he might have. I think originally he might have been planned for the weekend, but um, from what I can understand from Phil, that what he's been saying is that he's really keen on a, on a lot of those those youngsters coming through. And we've got quite a few midfielders. I think we're all quite keen to see how they go. Are we likely to see just the, the side for the weekend to be like the rookies and the first and second year players with a smattering of experience? I have no idea. That's why I'm actually looking forward to this weekend to find out, okay, try and figure out what Phil and the rest of the coaching stuff are because that's the other thing. We haven't seen this coaching panel work together before yet. Very important. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that it's going to be uh, quite uh, interesting to see how they go working together and they'll be watching each other closely and trying to uh, figure out how they work together. 
All right, so uh, moving on, we, um, uh, we've had a bit of a chat about the pre-season and um, a few news events. So what we might do is just have a bit of a look at Sunday's game. Of course, uh, our uh, beloved Crows are taking on North Melbourne Kangaroos at uh, Port Lincoln at 4.10pm. Obviously, no, we've heard all about the fact that there's no TV, there's no live feed, there's no nothing. And um, uh, again, consistent with how the club's been, although obviously not their fault on this occasion. So um, what... Are we thinking we would like to see? I know from my point of view, I um, chucked a couple of posts up there today, just stating that I really would like to see some of those guys in around about the sort of the you know 17 to 25 kind of bracket on the list that um, are pushing for a place in the side this year. Um, hopefully, you know, take on some senior sort of roles on Sunday. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think we're going to see a lot in terms of game plan. I do see. We, I do hope that we see a bit. Um... Of, of talent emerging and I think that's what Walsh is probably going to be looking for just guys putting up their hand just by getting the nut and um, having a crack and trying to uh, implement what he's been what he's been training all summer but I don't think we're going to see much of a glimpse of, of how we're going to be playing this year There was a bit I, I noticed in the one training session I got to see um, was the, the real quick ball movement that um, he was really keen on and particularly and putting the opposition under pressure very, very quickly. So I'm interested in, in looking to see that. How about you, Red? Anything you particularly want to catch up with in this game? Oh, I just think um, it would be interesting to see the likes of uh, the, uh, the younger players, say uh, Siggins in the back line maybe having a go, um, Lairdy. Uh, say Lever in the back line as well, uh, just the younger fellas and uh, all the younger midfielders that we've got going around, and say Atkins and uh, Cam Ellis, Yolman, Wig, Ramsey, Deer, O'Brien, Wilson, uh, and Kelly. Just uh, all the younger players. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing how they go and uh, maybe seeing a few highlights. I'm very much hoping they. Um in particular, I was the other day. I was um, just to help with some posting. I was doing some research and looking up on the inside footy player ratings, and I had a look at last season's or last year's season by uh, Mitch Grigg, and it was just ridiculous reading some of the uh, the ratings that he had and some of his stats, both at the SANFL level and his impact when coming on the sub last year. It really is. You know, looking back on it, I remember thinking that we had some. Issues with selection generally last year, and and um, but Jesus, when I when I looked at that those player ratings, I thought, how the hell did this guy not play more football last year? It was just ridiculous. Um, and so I'm really hoping that they uh, they say to a guy like Mitch Grigg, look, you know, you're in the guts this week, and uh, this is your chance to really you know cement a, a spot for yourself because I just think he's got so much more to offer than what we saw last year. Like that West Coast game we saw the year before. And after watching that, I thought if he actually played a decent number of games last season, he would have won the NAB Rising Star, was my thoughts. The sub rule was used really badly last year, I can tell you that. Although you have to give him credit for turning up on Mad Monday in the sub vest as his costume. Well done. Yeah, look, that, that was a pretty good effort from Mitch to, uh, to at least take it on the chin like that. But he's obviously, uh, I mean, we're assuming he's had a pretty good pre-season um, I'm just hoping that uh, that players like him and players like uh, Matt Crouch, who also, if you went back and had a look at his ratings as well for last year, just some you know incredible stats in the SNFL and uh, and also did you know, fairly well when he played in the AFL. 
So he was another guy that done really, really well last year and just didn't seem to be rewarded at the selection table. So hopefully um, they're two guys that I would, you know, and also the fact they're left-footers will, uh, will help their cause. They're two guys I really, really want to see um, get a good taste of it on Sunday and to be in, and I'm sorry, I'm assuming that Matt Crouch is going to be fit to play. But if he is, then yeah, two guys that I want to see in, in the midfield, um, seeing your roles and say, look, you know, if we're going to win this game, that it's going to be down to you guys to, uh, you know, to get to uh, get your hands on the ball and, and, and get it going. The one concern I have with Matt is if he does play with Brad, one of these days, I swear the pair of them might actually punch each other on the field. Yeah, actually, interesting you make that point, Nikki. I, I, did, I, I did see him once last year. I went down to um, uh, to Woodville Oval and had a look at. Uh, the reserves have a game against the Eagles and um, it was that game, I'm not sure if you remember it, where both um, the Crouch brothers were playing and they got about 2,000 touches each, I think. And um, there was a, yeah, a couple of times where it was in close and just the, um, uh, the, the voice in between the two and the, and the demanding of the football. And, and actually it was, uh, it, was, it was Matt Crouch who was really, really incredibly demanding on, on Brad for uh, you know, getting the ball. So, yeah, there's obviously um, uh, no... Um, no holds barred with those two. That was the game I was thinking of. Um, yeah, that was just so funny watching the pair of them. And, and you could predict it. When one of them got it, you knew he was going to give it to his brothers. It was like the Jarmans over again. Well, the Gowans. And if they just spur each other on, that's just going to be all kinds of good for us, really. Yeah, the, these are two guys you, don't, you do not mess with on the football field. It's the knowledge that they have working with each other over so much time that uh, is going to be really beneficial for us in the future. Although apparently I don't think that they have played with each other that much. They were always um, a couple of years apart. So I think there's, there's one of the guys on the board who is from that area and I, I think I remember reading him, him saying once that they actually haven't played together a lot except for the fights in the backyard. Helpful. And how do we see? I assume that um, Sammy Jacobs won't play. How do we see the rucks? Um, we, uh, we're, I guess, we're hoping that uh, that Luke Loudon will come in and and uh, look like he's going to actually give it something a little bit more than Angus Graham has been uh, has been had, giving us for the last couple of years. I've had I've had some information that it might be Riley O'Brien. Yeah, I've got him down. What are you hearing, Nicky, about Riley? That he's possibly going to get a game this weekend. Well, that's good news. He's obviously impressed at training. I, I assume. Yeah, the, the the names I'd heard were O'Brien, um, Ramsey, and Wig. No, Harry Deer. No, I didn't hear um, anything from him. Um, it was just those ones of, in terms of the younger ones um, being pushed forward. Well, interesting info, uh, info Nikki. And we didn't didn't realise you're a person with a uh, a source. Are you in the uh, the stratosphere of Campbell's chunkies? I'm in the stratosphere of someone. Nice work. Anything else you can tell us about uh, uh, the makeup of the side on the weekend? No, that's all that was um, said quietly. Um, whether it happens, I don't know, but it would be nice if it does. And from what um, Phil, act- when Phil actually said something about wigs um, and he's never singled anybody out before, that kind of put him on the radar, I think, anyhow. Well, apparently his, his foot skills are first class and, and, you know, the reality is that we really desperately need that. I mean, I know that um, I've uh, obviously... Uh, pushed Rory Atkins quite a bit. His foot skills are magnificent as well. So he's another that I'm really hoping will uh, will shine on on Sunday and, and give a reason for uh, the selectors to uh, to pick him for the for the second game as well. But um, yeah, interesting that um, it sounds like you know O'Brien, you know, if he has overtaken Loudon already. I mean, what does that say? Does it does it tell us that you know O'Brien's been good or 
you know, are we now really a bit worried that Luke Loudon is, you know, not going to push forward? I think Loudon is actually more the forward than the ruck. Um, and so it's, he's there to pressure Jenkins and Jenkins is there to pressure him. That makes sense. Well, either way, um, hopefully um, we'll, uh, we'll see a few of those guys. I'm sure Loudon will play. Um, the other one be interesting to see is Cole Cheney, uh, um, Ch- not Cheney, Cheney as in Fettuccini and Boccaccini. Um, be interesting to see how he goes and um, how he marshals what will probably be a fairly young defence. Yeah, I'm interested to see um, him and Talia because I remember last year that you'd see Talia and Rutten when Rutten was playing, that there was a lot of discussion between the two of them and then they would tell the others where they needed to be positioning, etc. So we're going to have absolutely no problems with Talia stepping up as the, the general in the back line at all, I wouldn't. Oh, God, no. He's had an absolute go at Tomo on the field once. I, um, we heard him in the, the crowd at Adelaide Oval. He was giving Tomo hell because he was not manning up where, where Talia wanted him to. Yeah, that's great. He's using a lot of voice now. What sort of what players are we not expecting to see play this first game of the um, NAB series? Eddie's the interesting one because it's back in Port Lincoln, which is his home town, but, of course, he had the um, surgery post. Um, season and a couple of times I um, have seen the, the training photos he's kind of been with that injured group so I don't know whether he's been training with the, the full group yet or not. No I'm, I'm not expecting him to play to be honest. Certainly not expecting to see Big Sauce out there and um, particularly when he's had a little bit of a, a knee problem so I, I wouldn't imagine we would be seeing him uh, wouldn't imagine we would be seeing the likes of Tomo um, I would think that um, if they do play any of those senior guys, it's only be a short period of time. But I really think that just on some of the information we've had from Kim Yong Phil, that it's going to be the um, you know the younger brigade that's, that's really going to um, have, have a crack this weekend, and it will start the team itself will start taking some shape uh, on March the 12th. Right, thanks uh, guys. We've got now uh, from the. Uh, uh, Kangaroo Sport, a very special guest, Spitter to Azza. He's one of the uh, the legends over there and has kindly donated a bit of time tonight to help us preview the game on Sunday. Spitter, how are you? Hey, guys. How's it going? G'day, Spitter. Well, thanks, mate. Uh, can you give us a little bit of a rundown on uh, on how you think uh, your guys will uh, will line up on, on Sunday? We expect to be playing a fairly young side. And uh, can you uh, give us a bit of a rundown on yours? Well, in terms of key position players, a lot of ours are injured at the moment. So you can probably see a lot of young key defenders and key forwards playing. Now, what about the bane of our existence, Zeebel? Uh, Zeebel's very fit, very skinny this year. Um, he's been carrying a bit of weight uh, so far in his career, but he's looking very lean and fit. So I'd like to see him play on the weekend, but you just never know really in that challenge. On Sam Carriage. Yes, I'm hoping Sam Carriage doesn't play, and if he injures himself before our round one game, I'd actually be very happy. But no, that's, that's mean. Um, yeah, no, he's just a player that always gives us a bit of trouble. Now, doesn't he? hasn't he won the Ian Perry Award that you guys have on your board? Yeah, the Ian Perry Award. That's a funny one. Um, yeah, just a lot of players that perform well against us and not very well against other teams. It's always us that players decide to um, have a bit of a crack against. You couldn't, Spitty, you couldn't raise the, uh, the, or use the term injury without raising a couple of the free agents you signed uh, over the off-season in Jared White and Sean Higgins. Yeah. You'd have to be assuming at some point they'll be injured. So are you going to just uh, perhaps play them on Sunday so they can get their injuries out of the way? Yes, they are quite injury-prone. But I know they've, they've lasted the pre-season so far, so you can only hope that 
I expect them both to get a game on Sunday. They've both been training really well um, by all reports, and they're both looking really fit. And we can just have our fingers crossed for no injuries. Change of clubs is as good as a holiday. Yes, well, that's what we're hoping. We're, we're um, expectations are quite high on Jared Wade on the north border. Some are expecting a Coltman, and some are expecting him to just play a few games. Overall, mate, what, what would you suggest that uh, that Scotty's trying to get out of the game on Sunday? Um, I wouldn't have a clue, really. Um, just I guess just get some run in the legs because, as I said before, a lot of our players have had injury interrupted pre seasons and. If they do get a, you know, maybe a quarter or two quarters under their belt on the weekend, hopefully they can get some fitness heading into round one. Now, what about some of the younger guys or new draftees? Are they likely to, are we likely to possibly see them? Um, well, Sam Durden, our first round draft pick from uh, South Australia, he, uh, Brad Scott's talked him up a fair bit and they said that he could get a game in the regular season. So there's no reason why he can't get a game this weekend as well as um, young Daniel Nielsen, who was our pick 26. He's a key defender. Um, he's been awesome this preseason, and he might get a game this weekend as well. It's always nice to see those, those guys coming through, because often in the NAB Cup, you'll, you'll watch somebody that you didn't realise was um, possibly going to sort of jump out at you, and, and you can kind of tell that they're going to, to get a game in the regular season. Well, yeah, we've had some uh, injuries in the past couple of weeks. Nathan Grimes is out for about three months with a back injury, and Lockie Hansen's still struggling with some hip injuries. So it's really good to see Nielsen have a good preseason because we could definitely uh, need him at some stage in the early parts of this season, despite being you know only eighteen, nineteen years old. What's what's the feel, mate, um, over on that board with regards to your prospects? It looks like you've recruited. Um, you know, thinking that you just needed to plug a few gaps. Is that the general feeling over there? Yeah, I think we're all feeling a bit bullish about a um, top four spot this year. Like, you know, I expect it. A lot of other places are expecting it. Um, we definitely think that Wait and Higgins will just, you know, add more class to our team that, you know, only came one game away from a grand final. Um, we were quite far off the Swans in the prelim, but we're hoping that... Um, those two and some improvement from some of our younger players, they can push us forward even more. What about Brown? Where's he at? Brown's, he struggled this preseason with a knee injury, I think. It's been hard to um, keep up with all our injuries to the taller players, but last I heard he was training pretty well and he sh- might push in for maybe the last NAB Challenge game, but um, I definitely hope and a lot of our posters hope to see him there round one against you guys. And uh, a name uh, very uh, synonymous with Adelaide being uh, Tippett, uh, but of the Joel variety, do you expect him to have a game on Sunday? Yeah, definitely. He's been huge this preseason, um, both form-wise and in his body. He's gained about eight kilos, I think, over the preseason. So especially with uh, Grimer and Hanson out, we should definitely see him in the defensive goal square against uh, probably Taylor Walker, I'd say, if he gets a game. Now, we haven't had Kurt over here since uh, it all happened. Do you reckon if um, if we all get along on Sunday and boo Joel hard enough that he'll actually just pass that on for us? Yeah, it's been quite funny how uh, Kurt's avoided Adelaide so far. Um, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but I'm definitely looking forward to uh, Sydney versus Adelaide this year, but no, I don't think uh, Joel deserves any booing this weekend. No, he was a uh, he was a stalwart. He was certainly down at West Adelaide. He was a, he was a good bloke, and uh, I think he actually continued and had another year at, uh, with Westies in the SNFL after Kurt left. So, yeah, uh, certainly obviously you know, no issues with Joel. But yeah, no, we're all looking forward to seeing how he can go. Um, 
he was quite good last year and was quite unlucky to um injuries uh God, I can't remember what he injured. It was his arm or something like that. But he was going really well up until that point. Spitter, who do you have on the coaching panel there besides uh, Scotty? I'm not sure who. Uh, he, have you had that many changes at all? Yeah, we've got Brad Scott, Lee Tudor, uh, Darren Crocker, and uh, Shane Watson. Yeah, so we've had basically the same names for the past few years. Lee Tudor joined us, I think, at the start of last year. So, yeah, no real big changes in the coaching panel. Do you reckon Scotty's under any pressure this year? Um, if he misses, if he misses the eight, definitely. But um, yeah, just if he just keeps pushing the same messages that he's been pushing, especially last year, I think he's got the right um, crop of players and he's got the right attitude to coaching. Now, do you guys get as amused by him his reactions in the coaching boxes? I think the rest of us do. Yeah, it's um, become a bit of a um, a bit of a cult on Big Footy. His um, reactions in the coaching boxes. It can be quite annoying as a North supporter because you kind of want your coach to be in charge, but when the camera cuts to him in the coaching box, it looks like anything but. And you probably don't want to watch that last five minutes again of us playing against you, but it was. I actually kind of liked it, the, the fact that, that at the very end, he almost looked like he was going to burst into tears, that you guys had, had lost those close ones again. Was there most discussion um, amongst you guys um, on your board regarding what possibly that was the cause was for those close losses? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what game you're talking about there. I've kind of forgotten about that one. But, um, no, luckily we luckily we have... We can, we, can send, we can send you some video of that if you really want. And also with the... Um, well, we've got one for the 5AA commentary, but you don't really want to listen to Rowie. Um, but there's also one for James Brayshaw calling the game, which is kind of interesting. No, no, I've yeah, I've kind of forgotten about Joe Petrenko. Um, I actually am enjoying the fact that he may be playing for Essendon this preseason, so we can bully him even more with wearing a red and black jumper. Oh, we still love Jared. But um, no, it was quite good last year. I get rid of those close losses. They um, I think we only had one game that we lost under one goal, as opposed to about twenty in two thousand thirteen. So, yeah, it was a lot better for our heart rates. I've just posted the link for you, Spitter, and I'm watching the YouTube last three minutes video as we speak. It's pretty good. It's extraordinary. Yes, no, I'll, I won't be clicking on that link, sorry. Spitter, I'm uh, imagining you're very, very happy you uh, decided to volunteer for this this evening. Yes, um, I definitely won't be doing it again. <laughs> oh, we're not that bad. Any other things uh, just uh, in closing? Anything else you want to add for, uh, for Sunday's game? Um, I was just wondering, whereabouts is Port Lincoln, actually, um, in relation to Adelaide? Is Melbourne closer? It's almost equidistant, so about 700-ish k's as a, crow f- uh, as, as a crow flies or by road? 700 k's some way, anyway. About 700 by road, I think. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a fair hike over there. All right, well, look, um, stay um, hang around, uh, Spitter, just in case there's anything else you want to uh, jump in and, and have a chat to us about. Um, Okay, all right. Well, look, um, just a couple of last things before we, uh, we, we sign off on our very first podcast. Um, Nikki, uh, you mentioned earlier that, um, of course, we've got the, uh, the board meeting coming up tomorrow night. Any, any thoughts on that? I'll be interested to see who the, the members are who, who do get on. I, I think most people can um, pretty strongly suspect that Rue's going to be one, but who the second one's going to be is, is kind of interesting because there were some really good candidates amongst there. Could it be our very own 19th man? We shall find out tomorrow night, apparently. I'm actually really looking forward to hearing Fagan speak. 
Yeah, it shapes up as a bit of setting the scene night um, with him speaking, I think, setting the scene for the season. Yeah, he's impressed me in everything I've heard so far. So um, I'm in, in that kind of the AGM environment, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he brings and sort of what that message he's going to send there. Is, is it going to be a lot of the similar messages we've actually heard before or will we get something a little something new? I wonder if it'll be a closed session again. I think we'll uh, we'll probably end up referring to him as our dear leader if we're not uh, if we're not careful to go with um, King John Phil. King King John Phil, Kim John Phil, yeah, that's right. That was awesome. That was a beauty that we that we read today. Obviously, all right. Well, look, um, we're probably just about at our time, I would imagine. Um, so, look, um, we'll probably wrap it up. Thanks very much for everybody that has uh, made the contribution uh, tonight. You know, it's uh, our very very first one. So hopefully we can um, we can push on this year and provide this uh, for our um, all the readers of the Adelaide board as the as the year goes by. So final word from everybody. You forgot one thing, Pete. Our new captain. Our new captain, Tex, of course. Sorry. Huge congratulations to him on being appointed. Any uh, any thoughts on on that appointment from anyone? Spiritual leader, go Tex. Does that mean Dangerfield's going? Nope. Glad you hung around, Spitter, for that one. I'll just wait till we get to a Geelong supporter on here. This is going to be fun. Um, no, I, I've said it on the board, and I'll say it um, here again, that the training session I went to, which happened before the announcement, it just seemed so obvious to me and, and who I was watching training with that Tex is just this step above everybody else in terms of his voice um, and the way he would talk with um, everybody else and taking players aside to have a little chat with them, you know, to, to help them and things like that. Dangerfield was very, very good, but Tex is just this step above. It was just, it was, it was eye-opening to me. I kind of always knew that he was that player that was going to take a game by the scruff of the neck, but just to see him do it at training as well was was very pleasing. I actually like the fact that the club has kind of softly put it to danger. I mean, they haven't really, like all reports, they haven't even put an offer on the table. Um, they've given the captaincy to Tex. They're kind of subtly, to me, they're subtly saying to him, look, we just want you to have a, a massive year and forget the rest, and I hope he responds the right way. That's the chord I think they're um, setting as well. And I think there was also a message sent to Sloan because um, that interview he did with Caroline Wilson where he actually said that, yeah, I'm... I'm chatting with Phil, I've got some other things I need to work on. Yeah, it's good. It shows that he's not taking any notice of names or anything like that. He's just, you know, putting it to everyone to give him their best and hopefully that results in, um, you know, a bit of a lift up the table this year and some better performances. We've got some uh, really commanding characters in all the top spots. So, um, yeah, it's looking, uh, looking up for us. Exceptional. It's a nice change from where it's been, so... Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to what's going to happen this year. Yeah, he, uh, it was a it was a terrific appointment, and um, appreciate those comments, Nikki, because um, it helps. You know, if you've actually been out to training and you're able to pass on those those thoughts, it helps a lot um, because you know we have our our thoughts and our opinions, but um, if you're actually down there and you're having a look, it um, and you can actually see the impact that he's having on the on the playing group. It's a you know it's a a good thing to observe, so we, we appreciate that. Alrighty, um, I think uh, we'll probably if we call it a, a wrap up for that. Um, the first the first podcast for uh, for Adelaide. So hopefully that was um, 
something that uh, uh, everyone listening out there will um, will enjoy. And um, if uh, we get, um, uh, I guess, if you're happy with that, we'll uh, we'll push on with it. But um, many thanks to the people that joined in this evening: WFL, Nikki Moo, Phoenix 67, Spitter to Azza, and Red Mist. And uh, I'll say good night, and um, uh, hopefully um, we'll catch you on the next time round. Grenade, mate. These members are feral. Now, Ruth, we need to stand up and promote the new culture at the club. No fatalities. Uh, yeah, that's alright. As long as they're coming for Jammer. If they're coming for me, I'm taking them down. Now, Ruth, that's not the elite standards we're all about now. Piss off, Walshie. Save it for the training track. Okay, we need a mentor. Down and give me 20. Well, you're a gem, Walshie. Come and give me a cup. Jesus, fakes. It's been too long and rough. This has been Crowcast Episode 1, brought to you by Kazma for your live production and studio recording needs. See you at the footy. Love in the